We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to RotoWire's Monday NBA DFS podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me once again is Ben Miller. Ben, it's Monday slate. We're a little bit, we're getting close to the NBA All Star game. We had a rant about the process last week, and I think LeBron heard us. Yeah, and LeBron has now decided that it's imperative that we actually get to see how the process unfolds. So <laughs> I really will contribute all of that on our conversation and how, and nobody else, nobody else was on the same path as we were so no no and we know lebron picked kevin durant first overall there too just so curry couldn't get it absolutely in that all-star well game. do you believe that report i mean was that you have to you feel uh, confident about that that was i think so okay I, I i liked that story that that's why he took durant there right i was interested that Giannis was taken so high by steph i think it makes sense i think steph they interviewed him and he's like well you know Giannis dunked on me last time so i'd rather have him on, on my team this time around i see um, i missed a lot of the reasoning behind does anything else play out as far as why the players chose it or is it just kind of the small bits that we heard not a lot i, I think the other thing was the whole you know lebron drafting Kyrie. Mm-hmm. um that's an interesting situation in his oh I, I can't wait to play with Kyrie and kevin love again too you know it's kind of a, a reunion for them even though I don't know how much of a reunion Irving. I don't think Irving would show up to that reunion. So um, <laughs> I would make a, a puking sound, but I'd <laughs> right. gross out everyone right away. So right. Just imagine a puking sound because that's what I get when I'm talking about Cavaliers reunion. Given, oh God, yeah. Given everything that we've been through, that. But yeah, we're let's talk some NBA DFS here. Of course, there are six games because we're getting close to the NBA All Star breaks. So there's not a lot of games to talk about. I think interesting how you could put together alliance because there's a lot of strategy to have for a double up situation. And there's a lot of stuff for a GPP too. I think Giannis clearly is one of the highest priced players on uh Wednesday or I'm sorry, Monday's six game slate in particular. I mean, he's almost a thousand dollars higher than everyone else, yeah. but he makes a lot of sense in terms of building your lineup around him, given what we know he's capable of doing. However, that means you're going to have to find a lot of cheaper alternatives. And if you don't want to do that, if you don't feel like there are a lot of cheaper alternatives out there and there very well might be as we get through some of these injuries on Monday's six-game slate, then you're kind of left sitting there and like, oh, do I want to use a Ben Simmons? Do I want to use a Jimmy Butler? And I think that's where we should start a conversation first because we'll get to one of the biggest injuries on the slate in just a little bit. But okay, if you want to set a double-up lineup, and I think this is an important distinction because if you're setting a GPP, I would rather go with Ben Simmons. But if you want to set a double-up lineup, would you rather go with Ben Simmons or Oladipo? 
Oladipo is 9,300. He's a point guard shooting guard option on DraftKings. Simmons is 8,900, so only $400 difference. And he's a point guard small forward option on DraftKings. I think this is a compelling question. And they both have interesting enough matchups where I could I could see it going either way. Yeah, I think if we're going for double up here, uh, I still think Oladipo is probably the guy. Um, I think Simmons is a little more risky. Um, when, when it terms of, but in terms of upside, obviously, I think Simmons has the, the top value there, just because of how crazy you know he's he's been recently. Finally, like he he busts out of his slump. But if, if we're doing double up, I, I really think Oladipo is the guy. He's he's more consistent with his like forty five um, ish you know Fanduel points, and and that's kind of where I'm at on that. I think it's he's about four hundred dollars more expensive, so you're definitely paying up a little bit um, for Oladipo, not too much. Um, and I think the the matchup against Charlotte's okay. I don't think um, looks like Charlotte is about middle of the pack, maybe. Yep, in terms of both point guard and shooting guard, yeah. they they are literally middle of the pack as far as line points. Now, if you did the last five category on DraftKings as far as the RotoWare uh, lineup showing the defensive defensive positioning line, then then it gets a little bit closer. And I think that more has to do with who the Horns have played, right? Not, right. Not, so much that they've just been allowing more points. There really hasn't been anything lineup-wise that's changed, in my opinion, that would say, oh, maybe we need to be taking advantage of an upswing as far as the Hornets allowing more points to that spot. Right. No, I, I agree completely. There. I, I look at the same way you do. I think Ben Simmons is a much more interesting GPP because the potential's there. Against the Bucks too, I think that's a, a solid enough matchup where I would feel confident using Simmons. And, of course, with DraftKings, we have to worry, not worry, but, I mean, you can look forward to a potential double-up or triple-up bonus. And that's very much in the cards for Ben Simmons, whereas Oladipo, yeah, he can get a double up. I think the assist is potential. He's been teetering on that edge. But I think Simmons has more of the potential to pull off a double uh, double up. Double double. I keep saying double up. Yeah, I was, double, I was double or triple double. Curious about that. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's a weird Monday already for me. I, I, I have a feeling I won't be saying Fanduel nearly as much as you, but oh god, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised I, if the dinger starts coming out for me as well. I, I took two hours this morning to just say DraftKings <laughs> nonstop, like I, just to get that stuck in my head. Yeah, well, so that's where I'm going back to the Ben Simmons thing, where the potential for a triple double is there, and therefore you're going to get the bonuses that come with that. But it's not as if Old Depot can't give you a double double. And again, looking at the assist numbers that he's had recently, he's been darn close against a Hornets squad that really it probably should be an even game a, a kind of a ugh, even game but an even yeah. game nevertheless like I think the Pacers and Hornets will be compelling in their like not gonna say crappiness but but uh, no I agree the boring yeah play I, 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 and again <laughs> boring play is not a great adjective for analysts to be using anyhow but I agree with you that that Oladipo is more of a safer double, double, double up kind of play. Yeah, yeah. But I think I would rather have Simmons. The question becomes, where would you use him? Are they at point guard or small forward? Of course, DraftKings offers the the guard forward utility spot. So it's not as important to make the distinction as a, compared to a FanDuel thing. But I, it's curious. Like I think I would rather have Simmons because he provides a bit of versatility at the small forward spot. But of course, if you want to find a way to get Simmons and Giannis in there, well, that's already taking all the forward spots. I don't really feel like there's a lot of cheap alternatives at forward right now, but I'm not sure that that's going to change by the 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off locks. Yeah, I, I kind there's of agree with that. injuries. I think there's there's some intriguing cheaper point guards um, available, so I could definitely see you trying to slot them in, in that you know utility spot and, and, yeah. and kind of go for you know some cheaper guards. And I think the other question becomes, what's Devin Booker's status? He's the highest injured player on DraftKings at 8,700, of course, listed as shooting guard, small forward. Tyreek Evans is around there as well at 8,200. But I think Devin Booker's status is going to be very interesting, not just as far as if you want to use him or not, but what that relates to as far as 
Grizzly players and the Suns players as well. If Booker's out, I don't know who you put in as their score. Somebody has to score. I know it's against the Grizzlies, but somebody's going to score for the Suns. Yeah. I don't know who it's going to be if Booker's out. Well, first off, I think the main thing is TJ Warren. TJ Warren's going to be the guy that that takes over as the top dog. I, I, I that instantly makes him, you know, one of my favorite picks to kind of, you know, fit in my lineup. He's only sixty four hundred on DraftKings, so that's that's really cheap. And, and knowing Warren's upside as it is, you know, even with Booker in the lineup, uh, I love that play. That's probably one of my one of my favorite mid mid to upper tier guys. Um, as it's far as pointing out that he's listed as a power forward and small forward option on DraftKings, and I was having a hard time finding power forwards I liked. And yeah, being kind of slumming it down with some of the, the mid tier guys. He's a perfect option at the power yeah. forward spot. Small forward, eh. I like TJ Warren, though, at power forward if Booker's ruled out. Oh, I agree completely. His upside is just, it's always great. No, and no matter the slate, even with Booker there, it's great. So I think that's that's a really good option. As far as cheaper guys, you know, if Booker were to sit out, Troy Daniels is also questionable. So if he sits out as well, those are the two guys that started in the backcourt the last game. So if they're missing both starters, it's going to be Ulysses. It's going to be Isaiah Cannon. Um, and there's going to be some Josh Jackson action there. So of those three, I- I'm struggling to pick a guy. I, I really like that Cannon's only um, 3,800. Um, when he's got 26, 28 minutes previously, he had you know upper 20s. Um, so that's nice. Josh Jackson, I think, is probably a little uh, more expensive. He's 4,800. I'm not I'm not so sold on Jackson, but he he has had a couple couple big games this this season. So I could see him filling in and hitting near that 30 minute mark which is which is intriguing at a a $4,800 price he's listed at shooting guard Ulyss is also an option and I think I I still think Cannon is like the most intriguing for me I would agree with you if I had to pick I mean like I used Ulyss before and and he did okay yeah I recognize he actually might get more of the minutes but if we're talking about potential I think Cannon gives you a bit more potential than Ulyss yeah I I agree completely I think Ulyss is kind of fell out of the rotation the last two games completely so it, it seems like the Suns are kind of more on board with Cannon as it is, you know, behind, you know, as that backup point guard. So I kind of expect Cannon to be the guy that, that fills in if Booker Let's sits out at point guard. script, though. Okay, so if Booker's out, and I, because he played a bunch of minutes, missed the very end of the fourth quarter, the Suns are in a back-to-back, it makes sense for Booker to sit out this game. Definitely. That's why we're having this conversation. Yeah. I believe Booker will probably miss this game. So under that assumption, do you find some interest in Tyreek Evans? Evans is listed as questionable as well Monday with an illness. It doesn't really behoove the, the Grizzlies to be really utilizing Evans. In fact, it makes sense for them to rest him because his trade value is probably as high as it gets. I, an illness isn't going to keep you up for the season, but there is injury risk that comes with playing an NBA professional basketball game. I wonder if Evans doesn't play too. I think he will. And if he does, I actually feel really good about him despite his high price at 8200 I just don't know if that's necessarily what the Grizzlies are going to do. It's not a smart thing to do, in my opinion. Well, Evans did practice Sunday, um, which usually indicates if you have an illness, like you're going to play the next day. Um, so I, I do assume Evans will play. Um, and I, I could I could see that being an intriguing option. He's he's eighty two hundred, so I mean he's he's pricey, but he's he's earned that at this point. Um, he hasn't been that great recently, which is a bit you know it it makes me pause at le- at least you know. Um, yeah, I agree, but you're looking at it as if I think that he could get the double double bonus again, right? So he had the last minute of the double double was against the Knicks uh, two weeks ago, and that got him just under 50 fan. Uh, sorry, there you go, ding, right there, 50 DraftKings <laughs> points with the 10 assists, and the rebounds are still there. So he's going to get some rebounds, and what I anticipate is going to be an ugly basketball game with so many reserves on both sides playing. Yeah, 
I imagine the rebounds are probably going to be higher than the four to six he's been averaging last four games, and I suspect the assists will be there too. I love Tyreek Evans if he's active and playing, especially with Devin Booker out, because that opens the the possibility that both teams are just going to be chucking shots and missing all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I think the fact that injuries occur here, I think that helps the pace. You know, the Grizzlies aren't considered that up tempo ish, uh, but I, I, when you go up against the Suns, that they kind of up, you know, make the pace go up a bit so i i, I do I, I think evans is a solid play i think i just talked myself into a lineup change and we're not even five <laughs> minutes into the podcast here because i mean we'll get to our lamps in a little bit but i do have chris middleton and i feel like he's an eternal love for me when it comes to setting dfs lamps i have him in there as a forward spot i very well might consider putting evans in there as a, a forward potentially and just finding a different way to get the thousand savings in there because i would rather have Evans, if he plays against that Suns team that's depleted right. and has so many people out, likely going to be missing some shots, opportunities for counting stats elsewhere. I like Evans at a thousand more than Middleton. I think he gives you a bit more upside, even with that injury or illness that we have going on. Right, and he's you know maybe about six hundred dollars cheaper than he was a few games that's back. Your, yeah, so uh, I do enjoy that. That's your thing. <laughs> well, let's get to uh, Monday's six game slate here. We already talked a lot about the Suns Grizzlies, so we won't really touch on that one. But we'll go first to the Horns Pace for seven o'clock Eastern Time tip off. Of the injuries to note, Michael Carter Williams is a game time decision for the Hornets, and Cody Zeller is out. Obviously, we know that. They're still looking at shopping Kemba Walker around, but I think the big draw in this matchup will be the two centers on the opposite side of the spectrum, Dwight Howard at 9,100 on DraftKings, and of course, Fast and Furious Dom Sabonis at just under 6,500 on the Pacer side of things. Miles Turner's not playing, right? I mean, we're still waiting word on what Miles Turner's doing. He's playing, but he's coming off the bench. I think he only played like 11 minutes the last time so out, he's so getting super the, limited. He's getting the treatment as far as just waiting. Right, right, okay. easing him back in, so that's, that's kind of a... Kind of a guy you want to avoid at this point. Right. I was just wondering if that affects a bonus at all. And obviously yeah. that yeah. doesn't seem like it's going to be the case because Turner might only get at max maybe 20 minutes tonight. I think it makes Sabonis riskier. You know, I think it, depending on, we don't really know what Turner's minutes are going to be. So, you know, if, if they're up in the 20s, 30s, I'm not touching Sabonis, but it, it's questionable. You, we really don't know at this point. There's There's been no indication of what Turner's you know, role is going to be. Howard's basically a guaranteed walking Double double, yeah. I mean, that's that's a certain. But you look at the numbers and the defensive positioning tool on Rotoware seems to suggest that actually the Pacers allow a ton of points to the power forward spot. Do you know who the starting power forward is for the Hornets? Because I had to look this up. Was it Marvin? It is Marvin Williams. <laughs> Marvin. And Marvin Williams is in my lineup for tonight. I think that this actually is a chance if you if you're going through and finding out okay why do the Pacers allow so much to that power forward spot? It actually comes a little bit by three point shooting. And it comes by rebounding. And I think that, honestly, it makes sense. If Thad Young's out there playing, if they end up going a little bit smaller, which I think if you're going to put somebody on Marvin Williams, Thad Young makes a lot of sense. Maybe there's a situation now where Marvin Williams could get close to five, six times his value, which his price is, is pretty nice for that point. I actually, I always, Marvin Williams is one of those guys you always consider because um, <laughs> he he's always sticks around about 4,200, 4,300. He's always that like real lowish. Um, guy, but he, he always he has like thirty six point you know, DraftKings point potential. You know he he can do that on any on any given night. So I have no gripe with with the the Williams play. I think he's someone I consider almost almost on a nightly basis. So um, especially against that Pacers D power forward spot that that they can't defend anyone. Um, I get it. I, do. I like the other side of the two. Like if you wanted to do the Thad Young again, Marvin Williams forty two hundred on DraftKings. Thad Young fifty seven hundred. They do have similar positioning stuff so if you're going to go higher up i think thad young is a bit safer of a floor and against Definitely. marvin williams yeah. i suspect that that's 
still going to work. But if you're trying to find a way to get Giannis in your lineup plus somebody else, well, I think you first have to start with considering Marvin Williams. Maybe not use him, but consider Marvin Williams because power forward, unless you're going with some of the guys we already talked about, it's a little bit tough. I don't I don't feel yeah. comfortable paying up all the way. If I'm going to use Giannis, I actually like him at the small forward spot because it gives me more variety, more options to use cheaper at the power forward area. And there's just not a lot anywhere else. Yeah, I, I do not like much much of what's what's available at power forward. So I could definitely see that being a, a nice little fallback. I mean, looking at Dario Sark, who we've been high on before, but now he's priced to the point where there's not a lot of upside that you're getting, especially with Ben Simmons roaming around doing Ben Simmons things again. You're losing the upside that gives Sark. Of course, TJ Warren, we've already talked about as a guy that we like quite a bit, especially if Devin Booker's out. But Al Horford, yeah, he gives you the assists. Yeah, he'll get some rebounds. But there honestly isn't that much triple-double potential out of him. And he's at 7,300. He's the second highest priced power forward on DraftKings slate. Again, I just think it makes sense to pay down at that spot. And why not go close to all the way down where Marvin Williams is at at 4,200? Yeah, I, I did agree with you until about one minute ago. Now that uh, Joel Embiid just got roll, ruled out, that Ooh. that really helps out Saric's value, I think. And that kind of makes me feel like I got to pay up for him. Okay. All right. So I, I can see that. That makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. What about Rashawn Holmes, though, if we're talking about guys that could be out? This is this slate, again, there is opportunity to have Giannis in there. Yeah, you can yeah. certainly have Giannis and somebody else if you want to. Those Suns point guards, there's Marvin there's Williams. So many, I mean, talk about the Celtics, too, and we'll get to that. Honestly, we could even get into that conversation right now. It doesn't really fit our, our path as far as, all right, boom, 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 players. But the Celtics are a 9 o'clock Eastern time tip-off game. We know Marcus Smart's already going to be out. And Terry Rozier is a game-time decision. He's considered, quote-unquote, 50-50 with the ankle injury, but he missed shoot-around today. I don't think he plays. So if he's out, that's a situation where Shane Larkin, who's been kind of, I, I didn't even know he was on the Celtics. I, <laughs> I cover basketball quite extensively for Road Aware. Yeah. I thought he was still in the Mavericks for whatever the reason. He's on the <laughs> Celtics. He could get close to 25 to 30 minutes. He's a guy under 3,500 on DraftKings right now, where I like him quite a bit, given all the minutes he's going to get. And he's going against the Nuggets, who we know aren't always the greatest defensively at that guard spot. Larkin still worries me, but yeah, I think... I think you're right. No, no Marcus Smart, no Rozier. He's got to play like 20, 25 minutes. Um, so I could, I could see that being a punt play for sure. Um, but it also, it also has me kind of shifting over to Jalen Brown. It's kind of off topic a little bit, but no, no, um, that's what this podcast is. For. Right, right, right. But <laughs> that, that's kind of where I, I immediately looked, just because I feel like Brown, Brown plays in that backcourt too, a little bit of shooting guard. So I, I really like Brown because of it. You know, Brown's only fifty five hundred. Uh, I could see him, you know, benefiting the most with with that. I was right there with you, and then I clicked on his numbers. They're not bad. They're not great. <laughs> I, I mean, he scored thirty DraftKings points and thirty five in the beginning of January. As against the Seventy Sixers against the Pelicans, that's the last time. Last time he scored thirty, he has hardly get to twenty five. Like I mean against the 76ers a little while after he's 24.25 on DraftKings they're 27.75 and then we're still under 25 there's not a lot of potential with it I recognize there's not a lot of risk either which is fine if you're sitting in DraftKings line but I want more potential with my guys he is under that Ben Miller spectrum where he is about a thousand dollars less that's what I'm saying point yep and there's automatically a target on his back when he's (laughs) losing money for Ben I just don't feel like the potential is there. And that's why I, I didn't feel confident. Larkin's potential is there because, A, he's not priced very high, but, and he's going to, B, get a ton of minutes with right. potentially both those right. guards already out. You have, you do have a good point. I, I'm not going to hate on you for it. <laughs> um, 
Braun, it just seems like a gut play for me at this point. I agree the numbers probably don't look that great. Um, stuck in the mid-20s last couple of games. I still like it. The price break is... It did get me. Yeah, like yeah. like you said, it, it got me. He's and about, it is the five times the value. I mean, I, I suspect with all the minutes Braun's going to have to get, he's going to have to soak some of those up as well. Yeah, he can't yeah. just be larking. That he'll probably get the five times the value threshold you're looking for. I just don't feel like he's getting much more than that. And when we're talking about guys that we want potential, I, I just don't know Braun gives you that necessarily. Right, right. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We'll go back to our regular scheduled programming as far as going down the line of games. Timberwolves-Hawks, 7.30 Eastern Time tip-off. Jeff Teague is a game-time decision. He missed most of the fourth quarter in the T-Wolves win Saturday with a sore ankle. It seems like he's good to go. Obviously, the Hawks, one of the worst teams in the NBA at this point. Teague is an interesting guy, but I'm not sure I feel comfortable going with him. I would rather pay down to the Suns guards, whoever ends up starting at that spot. Yeah. Or again, Shane Larkin. I don't really feel confident using Jeff Teague. How about you? No, I'm not touching that fresh off an injury. Just not my type of thing. Yeah, but it's not like the injury was that bad. He had a sore ankle. I you never know walking around. I'm still walking around. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's not one of those things where I'm worried about his game time potential. And he's got the Hawks too. Yeah. I, I still, this, I'm out. I'm out on that. 42 against the Clippers, 36 against the Warriors. Those are really two of the last three games that he's played the fold. There's potential there. I recognize that. And really, he's priced at 6,100. I just feel like I would rather pay down at the guard spots. That's what I'm looking at, at least when I'm sitting in my lineup. But I don't know. I, I You know, there's a lot of ways. There's still a lot of injuries that we're waiting to solve out. And that right, is right. mainly the Suns-Grizzlies game. We talked a lot about Devin Booker already. Uh, we talked about Tyreek Evans as well, but again, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Marquise Chris is a game-time decision for the Suns. Troy Daniels, game-time decision. Alex Len, game-time decision. Oh, and by the way, the Grizzlies already have James Ennis out. Evans, again, is game-time decision. Green, Jermichael Green, that is, is out. Ben McElmore, game-time decision. Devonta Davis, game-time decision. I liked Marcus Saul a little bit because, again, somebody's got to score for these teams. But he's been having to shoulder a lot of the load for the Grizzlies lately as far as minutes go, but also production offensively. I don't want to use him. No, no. I, I understand if you want to get a second big guy in there, maybe you you go that direction. But I think this is going to depend on what of the guards for both teams who you want to use here. Yeah, in regards to Gasol, I think I'd rather try and pay up about 500 or 600 to, to Dwight Howard. Um, I think Howard's got the, the much higher upside there. Um, so that's probably where I'm at on that. I, I'm probably, yeah, I, I just don't like Gasol enough where... I'm willing to pay, you know, 8500 for him. That's fair. We'll go to the 76ers Bucks, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. J.J. Reddick, game-time decision. Jared Bayless, game-time decision. Wow, I can't say decision, apparently. Game-time decision against the Bucks on the Bucks side of things. We're still waiting for Jabari Parker to make his first return to the uh, 2018 NBA season. It hasn't quite happened yet, but it's soon, I think. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, questionable with a right calf injury. He's missed the last two games. 
I don't know about you, but I expect him to be out this game as well. If he is out, that's more room for Tony Snell. But even when Tony Snell is out there, he's not really doing a lot. Yeah. You have to rely almost exclusively on his three-pointers made for him to return value on that. And while he'll do it sometimes, he certainly takes enough of shots with them. It's not consistent enough where I feel confident using him. No, yeah, there's nothing nothing with you know that injury that really you know piqued my interest. Yeah, it's a good matchup. Again, I like Giannis. I like Ben Simmons in both those cases, especially with Joel Embiid, who you already just mentioned, has been ruled out yeah, for this yep. game. Rashawn Holmes is interesting, and I think Dario Sark is interesting too. But big name-wise, there there's not a lot elsewhere no, from yeah. that, right? Right, no no superstar. I, I can't pay up for Giannis either. He's just so expensive that I, I find it hard to fit him in my lineup. I think I would, if I'm setting a tournament lineup, and I'm not doing that with this small of a slate, but if I were to, I think he's my building block because I know what he can give me. Yeah. And then I might fit Tyreek Evans in there, and then that then I'm trying to find cheaper guys, cheaper alternatives out there because obviously if we're using Giannis, who is almost $2,000 higher than the high, next highest place player, it's tough. It's tough to find a spot for him in your lineup. And there's a, there's a lack of superstar talent, I feel like, in, in this slate as a whole. Um, so I could see that being seeing so, somewhat of a... You, you know, know, a lack of super, superstar talent, but I think a lack of outside players that could go off. You know, it's always tough to predict those, yeah. but even more so, it's not like the mass, matchups necessarily present themselves. The Nuggets are historically a team that allows a lot of points to a lot of different positions. Oh, well, they're going against the Celtics, who don't always score a lot of points. Right. The Heat and Mavs, that, well, that's going to be a slower-paced game, ugly game, too. The Grizzlies, Suns, God know who's playing. <laughs> even if that is, I don't know if I want to really utilize that effectively. It's like the Hornets and Pacers. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see that one. And even the Timberwolves, Hawks, too. There's just not a lot of guys that you see that are lower priced that even have a potential to go off crazy numbers. Yeah, there's some some weird... Weird games on the slate. That's a great analytical approach. There's some weird games. <laughs> there is this some slate. weird yes. stuff. All right, well, we'll move over to the Heat Mavs. Uh, of course, JJ Bray is out with that oblique injury. Devin Harris is a game time decision. So, with both those guys potentially out, we're going to see more Yogi Ferrell. Kyle Collinsworth, too, a name that I have not heard in a long time. He could get potential minutes. I think of the two, Yogi is a bit more interesting to me. And it's not just because I want to say Yogi as far as his name. We know what the potential lies with Yogi. We don't know what potential is at all possible with Kyle Collinsworth. And, of course, if Devin Harris is active, I think that really affects both those guys' minutes. So it's almost like you're crossing your fingers waiting for Devin Harris to be out because he'll join Seth Curry, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Nerlens Noel as guys that have already been ruled out. But yeah. there's a chance that if uh, Harris plays, that ruins both those guys' value. Yeah, if Harris is out, though, I could definitely see Yogi Ferrell being kind of that intriguing. I mean, he's, he's not going to get more than about 30 32 you know DraftKings points that's that's like his peak um but I I, I think there's at least some sort of value there at 4900 um you'd like him to be about $800 cheaper yeah um yeah. that's for sure but I'll settle for $400 like at almost yeah, 5,000 yeah. looking at his numbers he's had 21 or basically 22 uh DraftKings points and then six DraftKings points but then a 31 and a 26 so yeah you could see it you know what he could do right but if he was even $400 less, I'd be like, yeah, this is a no-doubter. I have Yogi in my lineup right now, and I'm very concerned about him. I don't know if I want <laughs> If I know more about the Suns-Grizzly situation, I suspect that Yogi ends up getting taken out. If I know for certain Devin Harris is out, I feel a little bit more confident. But even then, even then, I don't know if I want to rock and roll Yogi Ferrell this game. Yeah, there, there, there doesn't seem to be a whole a lot of upside there. Like His upside is about 30, 32 Fandle points, or DraftKings points. There so. you go. Well, hey, it was your first one of the That game. was. That's that. fine. We'll talk about the DraftKings optimizer lineup right now. 
our lineups were vastly different. Normally, we try to pick two people that we can try to put there and, and figure it out from there. That was not the case, at least when we were setting our lineups tonight. That will depend, I think, on a lot of the injuries that we're going to surface through. So because we don't know a lot of information in regards to those injuries, we're kind of left with, I thought, two consistent people that we could use. One, a bigger piece in your lineup, and then another guy that's a little bit cheaper. So for our lineup block on RotoWire Optimizer, to do the DraftKings lineup, you set two people. Our two options for this one will be Carl Anthony Towns and Lance Stevenson. Carl Anthony Towns is probably my my favorite play as far as high-priced centers go. Against the Hawks, FanDuel was unforgiving to the Hawks. But on DraftKings, they're actually not as bad along the scoring there. I still think Carl Anthony Towns will go off. At 9,600, I think he's actually a bit of a savings that you could get there too because I suspect he gets 50 FanDuel points. We talk about Dwight Howard is a walking double-double. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is a walking double-double with three-point shooting. That's what is attached to him. So as right. long as he's making those three pointers, it's interesting. Lance Stevenson was more of your pick as far as the utility option. Under 5,000 at 4,700, who should be getting around 28 minutes against the Hornets squad. That That's a match I like quite a bit. So that's our two guys that we locked into our optimizer lineup. Ben, I'll throw it to you as far as what that optimizer lineup looks like with those two guys in. All right. So the lineup optimizer for DraftKings on Rotowire is starting off with Dennis Smith at point guard uh, going up against the Heat. He's at 6,000. Um, at shooting guard, they're going Will Barton against the Celtics uh, for 5,700. Um, at small forward, we talked about Thad Young, um, kind of a double-up guy there. Um, going up against Charlotte, 5,700. At power forward, a guy I kind of like on this late a lot, Mason Plumley. Um, he's going up against the Celtics, 4,800. They're also going, like we said, big at center. So we said Carl Anthony Towns, 9,600. Um, but they're also trying to get Nikola Jokic in there as Ooh. as a utility guy. Um, he's going up against the Celtics as well, obviously, 8,600. Um, their second guard will be Lance Stevenson, like we said, against Charlotte. And then their forward will be Jarrell Martin, um, who should be starting again for the, the Grizzlies, um, going up against the Suns, 4,800. Um, so a lot of a lot of mid-tier there. I don't Not a lot of cheap guys. I don't hate the lineup. The only thing I wonder is, do you want to use Jokic against the Celtics, who historically have been pretty good defensively lately? Not right. so much. But this is still the Celtics we're talking about, and I think it's going to be a game that should be a little a sc- little less scoring, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Like, it's, it's, it's really tough to look at this and be like, yes, I know definitively the Nuggets and Celtics will not score a lot. Well, actually, do you? Because the Celtics sometimes are a scoring option, and certainly the Nuggets can be at times as well. But we've seen both teams throw stinkers out there as well. Right. So I don't, I don't feel great about using an 8,600 center. I would rather go up $500 more, find it somewhere else, and get to White Howard as opposed to Jokic. What about you, though? I agree. There's, there's no one under 4,700 on this lineup. Um, Lance Stevenson is their cheapest guy. I just think there's, there's so many... There's there's a hand I won't say so many. There's there's a handful of guys that are below four thousand that you can probably slip in here that are safe. Um where you could probably upgrade elsewhere. I just think there's slight bit too many, you know, five thousand, four thousand players. Frankly, you could take out Carl Anthony Towns and put Dwight Howard in there. That's your five thousand yeah, savings. Right, right. And you, you get him in there and you could find it somewhere else as far as taking out Jokic and even going with a different center option. So it's more so I just don't feel great about him against the Celtics as opposed to anything else, but you really don't have any other options if you already have Dwight Howard in there instead of Carl Anthony Towns. It's it's a tough slate. That's what happens it when is, you have yeah. six games when a lot of these ones are like, oh, I toss a coin. I'm not sure who's <laughs> going to win this one. We're, especially because we're before the All-Star break. That players are kind of getting right yeah. to that point where they can just rest and relax and get a few days off. 
I don't quite know what we're getting from these NBA teams, particularly a bunch <clears throat> like the Pacers, like the Hawks, <laughs> that we don't know if they're really trying this year or really trying to compete. Right. So trade deadline coming up here too throws another little the Grizzlies. Uh, yeah. Grizzlies, <laughs> again with Tyreek Evans, it just I understand. I would love to use Evans. It makes sense for them not to play him though. It makes sense for them to save him right. for a potential trade ship because he should be one. He's going to be one of the more higher commodities in the deadline that, while it might be slow, there are some scores that are available such as Evans. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Let's touch on our lamps quickly for Monday's six-game slate. I'll run through mine first because we've talked a lot about my guys already. Shane Larkin is my point guard right now against the Nuggets at 3,400. I'm expecting him to get big minutes with everyone but Dennis Smith basically available, or I'm sorry, basically out Yogi Ferrell is my shooting guard option on my DraftKings lineup against the Heat at 4,900. I don't feel confident about that option, but hey, uh, it is what it is. And of course, I misspoke. Shane Larkin in place for the Celtics. I need to remember that. Not, <laughs> not the Mavericks, but still, with everyone out on the Celtics side of things with Rozier, Rozier and Smart, yeah, I yeah. think that he's yep. not a bad option. Trey Lyles is my small forward. That's the Nuggets guy. I have him in the small forward spot against the Celtics. Interesting at 5,100 guy, if nothing else. He gives you a bit more three-point shooting. Marvin Williams, who I talked about quite a bit, is our power forward at 4,200. Connolly Towns and Jimmy Butler. I'm going two Timberwolves guys, both on 9,000 and over against the the Hawks. That's my center and guard spot, respectively. Chris Middleton right now is in there at 7,100. I suspect as long as we know Tyreek Evans is playing, Evans will be in there, and I will find a way to take Fast and Furious Dom Sabonis out of my lab. He's currently my utility spot at 6,100, but I'm fairly certain I can find a 5,100 guy I feel confident enough using. So that's my lamp. I think the guy we really haven't discussed very much is Trey Lyles. Right. What do you feel about Trey Lyles as far as uh, uh, more of a double-up tournament play, or, or do you feel like I should just be axing him altogether? I think it's I think it's a, an okay play. Um, that's what I love to hear about my lamps. Okay. I don't. He's kind of just been down a bit recently. I mean, he, he had a couple like 40 – drafting point games you know back in end of december he's kind of you know stuck in that upper 20s lower 30s so that's fine i guess for for a 5100 price I, I wish he'd be a little cheaper than that um but i i also could see i feel like they're gonna go the, the, the nuggets are gonna go you know bigger against the celtics um which could limit you know lyle's a bit i think lyle's is more you know the athletic guy um but i don't i guess i don't mind the play i just don't think it has that much upside all right, well, let's talk about your lineup real quick here. Kyrie Irving and Jalen Brown, two of the guards for the Celtics, obviously going against the Nuggets. 8,800 for Kyrie Irving, 5,500 for Jalen Brown. TJ Warren, who should be everyone's favorite if Devin Booker does eventually get ruled out. At small forward for you against the Grizzlies, however, we talked about a power forward option being not a bad call. Dario Sarek with Joel Embiid out is an interesting 6,800 play against the Bucks. Dwight Howard at 9,100 is your center. Jamal Crawford interesting choice for your guard against the Hawks. Mason Plumlee, you already talked about as a guy you like quite a bit against the Celtics at the forward spot. And then rounding out your DraftKings lamp is Lance Stevenson against the Hornets at 4,700. I think immediately you have to ask why Jamal Crawford? Yeah, he's, he's just like a tournament pump play guy for me. I think he's cheap enough where, you know, he's only 3,800. He's cheap enough where I feel comfortable just rolling him out there, hoping he kind of goes off for one of those scoring games that he randomly has. Um, if you look back at his last three games, he had 19 DraftKings points, 32 and 26. Um, definitely some variation there, but I think just because of his price, I feel comfortable having him as is kind of like a punt play option. All right. I mean, that's fair enough. I think that 
again, once we find out more about the Grizzlies, Suns, yeah. we could kind of utilize a little bit more. Even right. the Celtics, too, could open up some airways as far as who you want to use at that small forward, even a guard spot, too. There's a lot of different options right. that we just don't know yet or haven't been unearthed. Yeah, a lot of a lot of late guys that once we get injuries out, we should be able to you know switch up a few things and, and get some cheaper guys in to, to forward um, some of those, you know, premium top guys absolutely well we'll be back again to talk more nba dfs on wednesday we'll have a little bit bigger of a slate eight games to be exact instead of the six games here monday but until then we'll talk about a little bit more dfs you can follow me on jb fantasy sports at least on twitter if you want to talk nba dfs and of course ben where can they follow you at give me at ben man doing work still the best twitter handle at rotowires that does it for us on the nba dfs podcast we'll be back again wednesday